Welcome to the Story of God podcast, where each episode helps everyday men and women see how they fit into the grand narrative of God's redemptive plan. Here's Ezra and Janelle. Are you placing burdens on people they can't carry? That's what we're looking at today in all of Matthew chapter 23. And Jesus was not happy with the religious leaders for doing this, was he? He goes through seven woes that he gives uh, to them. So let's go ahead and get into the first of these seven in Matthew chapter 23. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, so do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do, for they preach but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues, and greetings in the marketplaces, and being called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, for you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte, and when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. Woe to you, blind guides, who say, If anyone swears by the temple, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, he is bound by his oath. You blind fools! For which is greater, the gold or the temple that has made the gold sacred? And you say, If anyone swears by the altar, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gift that is on the altar, he is bound by his oath. You blind men, for which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? So whoever swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it. And whoever swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And whoever swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits upon it. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. You blind guides, straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but in the inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness." Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, If we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Thus you witness against yourselves. 
that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your fathers. You serpents, you brood of vipers, how are you to escape being sentenced to hell? Therefore, I send you prophets and wise men and scribes, some of whom you will kill and crucify, and some you will flog in your synagogues and persecute from town to town, so that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Barakiah, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. Truly I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation." O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So the subject of Matthew chapter 23 that we're covering today is that are you putting burdens on people that are too heavy to bear? And when we look at verse 4 here, that's exactly what Jesus warns against the scribes and the Pharisees. He says they tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. And what he's talking about here is that in history— of uh, the religious or of Judaism, um, there were, of course, the scriptures, and we learned last chapter where the Sadducees they didn't believe in the resurrection, so they only depended on the first five books of the law, uh, and then, but then others, um, such as the the Pharisees, uh, would look at the whole Old Testament. But what they would also do is they would add on a series of oral traditions, and so as the years would progress these laws that the children of Israel were um, lived under continued to increase, increase, and increase. And a problem with a lot of these was it was, it wasn't what God had told them to do. It was things that the Pharisees had added for um, religious purposes, you know, what things looked like or what they thought might be um, the best thing to do. And, and throughout this time, you know, Jesus comes and, and their hearts are really hard toward him. So they're not, they're doing all these things. They're requiring people to do all these things, but they, they're hard hearted towards God in the midst of all of this religious, uh, show. Well, consider how rules often come into place. We often put rules in place because we want to clarify something. Maybe mm-hmm. people don't understand the scripture. And so we say, okay, let's put another rule in place. And sometimes these can be good. Sometimes these can be helpful. We have rules for our kids that sometimes they don't understand, but are there for their protection. But over time, if you just continue to add and add and add, the burden can be so great. And what Jesus is saying here is you're putting the religious leaders are putting all these burdens on the people and then they aren't doing a finger to help them lift them. And, you know, I think it's easy for people to also add rules on rules um, where you're not even going back to the original scripture. It's easy to lose what the origin was of why are we doing this? And I think that's why whenever we're in a, a setting, any church setting, and we're hearing God's word and we're hearing different things being preached and told to us, we do need to go back to God's word and read it and kind of test what we've heard against 
the Bible and against his truth. Well, and it's a warning if you're the pastor of a church or you're a leader in a church and you're helping a new disciple, a new convert come to faith in Christ. It can be very easy to just put on them all of the rules and the understanding of God, maybe good things that you understand of God and say, okay, so you're in the church now. So this is how you act. This is how you dress. This is how you behave. This is what you say in church. This is what you don't say in church and all all these things. Mm -hmm. And if you just give them a bunch of rules, but you don't help them carry this added weight Mm -hmm. that they feel, you're doing exactly what the religious leaders were doing back in Jesus' day. Jesus said some pretty harsh words for that. You know, he said um, they're basically leading others down the road of destruction worse than even themselves. (laughs) Um, That's I mean, that's pretty that's a pretty tough word for the religious leaders. Yeah, you're just making it harder and harder. And I can't tell you, you know, Janan, how many times I've seen this play out where, again, it's it's often well-intentioned people. Mm They will, uh, maybe they grow in their faith and knowledge of God. And so they want to push this onto other people and have other people share their experience of God that they have. And this added rule, we might say, okay, this added law. And so God, okay, here's a practical one. For example, I don't drink. And there's a reason our family doesn't drink. We've talked about that in an earlier podcast. Now, a rules-based person says, all right, uh, no one should drink. You know, I don't want any of my friends drinking. But if, if you're following scripture, you understand lots of people did drink. and But there's reasons I don't personally do it. That's an added rule, a boundary that I've put in place and I think is helpful. And I would explain that to someone if they wanted to listen to that. But I'm not going to just start there with a person and just say, hey, you shouldn't do this because I don't do it. No, mm-hmm. because you know what? I have a weakness here. And that other person might not have that same weakness that I have. And that's an important thing to remember is that um, we do things out of wisdom. We do things with um, interpretation of a Bible passage and, and maybe how we feel best in our culture, in our day, this would be played out, you know, because we are looking at, you know, New Testament 2000 years ago, completely different culture. And so we try to, to say, okay, this is cultural. This is, um, this is no matter what cross cultural, this is going to apply. And we try to take those principles and use them in today's world. And that might look different for different people. And I think that's important to, that's why it's important to come back to the scripture and, um, and read it through the lens of, you know, what is Jesus really saying here? What is his heart for the importance of this and you know what's what's the message I'm supposed to get out of this for today's world instead of just um, you know being okay. This is my principle I'm taking from it. This applies to the whole world. Yep. And pretty condemning words here, verses thirteen and following it says, "What do you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites? For you shut the kingdom of heaven." In people's faces. So this is the first of seven woes that Jesus gives here in this this passage or this chapter. And you know, man, listen to these words: "For you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in." And then it goes on to say, and this is very damning for them: "For you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte." And remember, Jesus, he's going to give the great commission here in a couple chapters. 
So he's all about uh, going out and making disciples. But he says, you go out and do this. But when you make this person a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. In other words, you're leading people so far astray, but you'll go to great lengths to reach people, but it's all for nothing because your heart is in the wrong place. And he talks about them, their, their hardness, you know, their, it's not even just that their hearts in the wrong place, but they have hard hearts, you know, like they are doing things for material gain. You know, we've seen this all throughout Matthew's gospel, um, the different, you know, times when they said, Oh, you can, you can pay the, the temple instead of, paying for your or taking care of your parents, basically, you know, they're doing things to get money for themselves and their causes. They are um, doing things to win the approval of others and look good, basically. And then here we're, we're seeing, you know, um, when he's talking about swearing by the temple, swearing by the gold of the temple and this section of it, he's, they're, they kind of have these methods and schemes for obeying God. And all of this is just coming out of the wrong place. And so Jesus all through Matthew has been really emphasizing that our acts of devotion need to come from the heart, not, not to please man, but to please God. We need to have our um, security found in God, not in money, not in material goods, but in Christ dependent on him. And the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness. These are the things that Christ is looking for. And the Pharisees and these burdens of outward appearance were too much. And they made Jesus kind of angry. Well, look at these next three ones real quickly here. So uh, four, five, and six, uh, verse 23 for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. Just apply that to, to, to today in your life. You know, you think of the ways that we can do this. Well, we go to church, we do all these good things, but we totally forget, you know, um, the basics, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. We could look at today, right? And today's standards, maybe in America, that's again, going to church on Sunday, paying our tithe, but then totally forgetting about uh, minority neighbors who are struggling and who are uh, maybe the poor around us who are having a very difficult time mm-hmm. and totally taking them for granted. Um, says verse 25, you clean the outside of the cup and the plate. Again, here we go. Uh, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. The contrast there between the inner and the elder. And then verse 27 For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead men's bones and uncleanness. And so, again, there's this contrast between the inner and the outer life. And, you know, Jesus isn't saying to forget the other. He says, um, these you ought to have done without neglecting the others in verse 23. So he's not saying that we never pay attention to what our outward looks like or what our deeds look like to people around us. But he's saying it starts in your heart. And when it starts in your heart, then it overflows into um, things that will glorify Christ and glorify his name, not ourselves coming out of this you know, dirtiness inside. The last one here, going back to it here in verse 29, for you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, 
If we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. And this is very common with the religious leaders. How could we miss Jesus? That's what they're saying. How could, or how could we miss the Messiah? We're the religious leaders. We know about these things. But Jesus says this repeatedly to them that, uh, well, you, no, you look what you've done, um, and you as in general sense for religious leaders in the past, look what they've done to prophets. They've been killed. Um, look what they've done to people that have stood for truth. These haven't been very popular people. They've been persecuted, just as uh, John the Baptist was persecuted in a, in a different respect. Uh, Jesus is suffering this persecution. And so it, Jesus is saying, listen, you might think you're all good, but it may be a, a modern example of this is that some people we like to go back maybe 200 years ago and say that we would have responded differently to say something like slavery we wouldn't have owned slaves you know if we were for white and living in america we wouldn't have owned slaves um we would have we would have stood up for what was right well maybe maybe but what are areas today where we're standing when it's difficult what are some areas today where, where you're taking a stand for truth and others, maybe even friends, ridicule you for that stand? And I would just question, if we're not taking those stands, then maybe we wouldn't have been as courageous in the past as we might like to think we would, would have been. Oh, it's so easy to say, oh, I would have done this or I would have done that. Or, um, or if I, if I end up in this kind of a situation someday, then, you know, I would do this. But until we get there, um, you know, God help us to, to have that in our hearts, but it's, it's kind of hard to know sometimes exactly how we would respond, um, and I, I like what you said about what are we doing right now that is difficult? You know, yeah. that's, that's a good question. Yep. Well, let's just kind of wrap things up here and bring things to a head. You know, how are you helping others carry their burdens? Are you putting burdens on people that they can't carry or are you helping them? And I would just challenge you with that today. If you're someone where you're an active follower of Christ and you're discipling someone, ask how you're discipling them. And, and through the way that you, you minister to them, don't put on, on them burdens and things that they can't handle at this time. Walk slowly and walk with them. And in doing so, put your faith into action. Thank you for listening to the Story of God podcast. For more info on this program or to access other resources that will help you turn Sunday belief into Monday action, please visit themondaychristian.com. That's themondaychristian.com.